Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Psalm 34, verse 4 said, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. I think that's fairly key because it's not just about saying, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid. By seeking the Lord, God delivers us from our fears. By being close to God during this time, I mean, today we're going to be speaking about the Holy Spirit again, being filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, uh, we had no idea when we were putting that in the diary how relevant that that would be. But if ever there was a time to be filled with the Holy Ghost, it is, it is absolutely now. You know, the disciples were um, in a storm and Jesus was asleep in the boat. Which means Jesus can be in the boat and we can still sail into a storm. So just because we find ourselves in a storm, it doesn't mean that Jesus isn't in the boat. And that Jesus, this Jesus, the Jesus whom we love, spoke into the storm. And, and I just wanna, I want us to take a moment to pray, to pray for us, ourselves, and pray for our nation at this time. Because the fact is that, that Jesus did speak into the storm and everything that had been raging settled down supernaturally. And I believe in a God who can speak into this storm and speak a peace into it that will cause everything to supernaturally settle down and it won't do what we thought it was going to do. So I want to just, just at the beginning of our time, I just want us to take a moment to pray that God will intervene in the storm, that God will look after us and our most vulnerable, and that we as the church will be a light to the world. Are you with me? Those three, those three things. That God will intervene in the storm. That we pray for the protection of God over our most vulnerable. And that we as the church will be a light to the world during this season. Amen. I'm going to ask you if you were to stand to your feet. And I want you to think for a moment. I want you to think for a moment that, that we're, we're in touch with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We might be feeling vulnerable, but we have a strength that is not our own strength. And I believe that it is our responsibility to pray for our city and pray for our nation at this time. We're, 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 we're living in an environment where some people don't know how to pray. They don't know how to cry out to God. I believe that some of them are. But the people who do know how to pray should pray during the season. So let's take a moment to actually lift up our voices. This is not a moment of quiet. This is a moment where we lift up our voices and we call out to God whether we feel like it or not. And we ask Him to come to our aid, to, 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 uh, to calm the storm, uh, to look after our vulnerable 
and that we enable us to be a light to the world. Let's lift up our voices now for a few minutes. We thank you, Lord. Father, we say thank you because we know that you hear our prayers. We know that you hear our prayers in the name of Jesus. And Father, we are crying out to you. We thank you, O God, that Father, you are able to speak into the storm. And Father, in Jesus' name, we are praying that you will arrest this devilish disease. You will arrest it in the name of Jesus. You will stop it in its tracks in the name of Jesus. That that Father, you will confound, you will confound the scientists in the name of Jesus. And that Father, you will stop it in Jesus' name. And that there will be a breakthrough. Father, by the power of your Spirit, we ask in the name of Jesus. We pray the protection of God over our elderly and over our vulnerable that the supernatural protection of God would be their portion in Jesus' name. And we pray for ourselves that God, as the church of Jesus Christ, in a world overwhelmed by anxiety and fear, that Father, You'll enable us to shine with the light of God wherever we go, that the peace of God would be our portion, that would guard our heart and mind, and that we would bring comfort and peace wherever we go. For the glory of God, our Father, in Jesus' name we say. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Let's keep praying. Amazing. So, uh, those of you who are visiting are, are incredibly welcome. We've already uh, welcomed you here. Uh, you, you come at a time when we're actually talking about, talking about the Holy Spirit. And um, in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, um, that's where we are going to begin our time. This is right at the beginning of the church. This is the birth of, of the church, the Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. This book was written by uh, Dr., Dr. Luke, uh, one of the disciples. And, um, and he wrote this, that when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. (laughs) I, I kind of like that. That is God doing something incredibly powerful. And, and yet, there's always those who are going to stand on one side, completely miss the moment. Right. Completely miss the moment. The God of the universe has turned up by the power of His Spirit. Yeah. 
And these people missed the moment and made fun of it. God delivers us from making fun of something that God is doing. And uh, I heard uh, uh, that, yes, you ladies had a phenomenal time at heart. Women turning out in power. And my beautiful wife did amazing. Uh, one of the things I was fascinated about, actually, um, were some of the testimonies. They had these video testimonies that they were sharing. And uh, they were all great, all amazing. But uh, Lydia uh, was on one. And I want to I show you. I want to show you that clip because it really, it really captures something as far as I'm concerned uh, to do with the power of the Holy Spirit uh, and the impact that the Spirit of God can have on a life. So uh, I'm actually going to steal a little bit of something from Heart Women. Thanks, ladies. Thank you very much for helping us out today. But I'm going to steal something and uh, just uh, let you have an insight into that because I think it's going to encourage some of you as it 100% encouraged me. So God bless you and turn your, your attention to the screens. Thanks. So in my education, I was like the bottom of the class. I was really, I was um, doing really badly. And my dad um, is a medical doctor. He basically got every tu- any tutor he could get to come and teach me um, maths in um, to be precise he got um, but they couldn't teach me I didn't understand anything they were saying and um, so I struggled so what I'll do I'll bring my books to the um, to a room and just say Holy Spirit I welcome you and just stay there and um, so I did it a couple of times and nothing was happening but I kept coming and then after a while the Holy Spirit started teaching me maths and um, and um, after six months, I went and did the exams and got all A's. And after that, I was, uh, I, I was so happy. I started telling everybody about what God had done. My final year thesis was basically how to make engineering maths easy. And my tutors were like, um, no professor has been able to make engineering maths easy. In fact, engineer, uh, most of the most of the most students don't want to do engineering anymore because, um, because of the maths part of it. So who do you think you are to, to, to decide that you're going to make engineering maths easy? They said, well, if we allow you to do this, um, this um, project, you have to try it on students, other students. And if they don't find it easy, you're going to, you will fail. And I did it. And um, on the day of the um, trial, they got like loads of students, and um, and I had to give them my materials to use, and they used it. And at the end of it, they started shouting, "We want more! <laughs> we want more!" And um, they gave me a first class because of that. Um, so I, I, at that stage, I had them. Um, I just had my daughter. I had my daughter in my the end of my second year, because I got married at the beginning of, um, towards the end of my first year. One day she sat down and I was like, oh, I'm going to try teaching you engineering from my engineering maths book, just as a joke. And, and, and I brought it out and I, I started teaching her using the method the Holy Spirit taught me to teach her. And she got it. 
at the age of four she was doing algebra. She had watched a, a program about this lady, this young girl that was doing some competitions, some um, some um, um, wild competitions. So she was into competitions. I was like, Mom, I want to do a math competition. Mom, I want to do a math competition. I was like, I don't know any competition. You're at home. I don't know anybody. I don't know. I don't know anything about any math competition. So when she saw this girl, she said, Oh, um, Mom, can I do what she did? And I'm like, You're five. <laughs> And um, I must have called about 30 schools, more. I called and called. Every time I called, they just laughed and put down the phone. Um, so finally, the, 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 um, I think it was the last school. I, just, I was using yellow pages. The last school I called, the lady said, OK, um, bring her in. And they registered, registered her for exams. So just before, um, three weeks before her sixth birthday, she went and she sat the exam. Um, the lady, the, um, the, the invigilators were very surprised because she wrote the exams uh, in a few, few minutes and she was like, oh, I'm done. And um, the invigilators thought she must have been coloring. There's no way she would have written anything sensible. Um, but when they checked her paper, they were shocked. Um, so her results came out and at the age of six, she got a C. When she saw the results, she was like, no, I don't like C, mommy. Why didn't I get an A? Open University took her um, in. And on the day, on the day um, when they took her in, um, the news heard about it. The, um, um, the, the small newspaper around us heard about it. But then by the next day, it wasn't just one newspaper. It was all the newspapers, Guardian, everything, not just in the UK, in America, everywhere. The news went everywhere in one day. Um, in Africa, we're hearing it from everywhere. Um, and, and just outside our house, <laughs> there were people like just camping to get through um, to do um, interviews with her, CNN, all of them. Every, any newspaper you can think of was calling me. My daughter is now in her final year doing her math degree because uh, she took two years off out. Um, and my son is 11 um, doing his um, GCSE in math um, in, in the summer. The reason I'm telling you this story is because there's nothing special about me. <laughs> I was the one that didn't know anything. Like, I was the bottom of the class. Um, but the Holy Spirit, which we all have, um, made a difference in my life. I mean, what are you going to say? I don't think it came across. The, 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 the daughter was, was, was five when she took a GCSE. She, Lydia said the exam, but she was f five taking a GCSE. I, yeah. I mean, just amazing. Uh, can we thank God for Lydia and for how God used her? Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I just wanted to share that because it was so simple and so practical. So simple and so practical and so powerful um, that, that uh, not only had an impact in somebody's life, but on the next generation as well. And this is, 
This is the God we, this is the God we serve, that, that the God who can teach us math can also get us off drugs and, 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 and can deliver us from all kinds of addictions and, and change mindsets and change hearts. This is, the, this is the power of God. He can take you from the bottom of the class and, and take you to the top. Now, I, I don't want, you know, we're going to be praying for people to be filled with the Spirit later. And if you're struggling with maths, I don't know. You might be saying, mm, yeah, I think I'm going to. That's not really. Uh, we're not saying that the Holy Spirit helps everybody in exactly the same way. But, but hey, if, according to your faith, may it be unto you in the name of Jesus. Um, I believe that, uh, and I, I want to just do a very simple and quick teaching um, as, as, as we look at this. We, we believe that the Scripture teaches us that, when it comes to the Spirit of God, there is a distinct experience, which we would call the baptism of the Spirit. And that baptism would have ongoing consequences in somebody's life. Now, I want to be clear because we, we believe that if you are born again, if you are born again, you have the Spirit of God. Okay? The Bible, the Bible clearly says that in Romans 8 verse 9. He says, if anyone does not have the Spirit of God, they do not belong to Christ. So in other words, if you belong to Christ, if you've given your life to Jesus, you have the Spirit of God. Acts 5.32 says, we are witness of these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom, whom uh, God has given to those who obey Him. So when we obey Him, we receive the Holy Spirit. John 1 verse 12 says, Yet to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become the children of God. So if I am a believer, if I have decided to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I have the Spirit of God. That's, Jesus died on the cross uh, in order that we would not be left to our own humanity, but that we would be filled with his spirit. And through that spirit, I would be called a child. I would be called a child of God, which is incredibly, incredibly powerful that I'm not any longer just living life in my own strength, trying to be a good person. But the spirit of God is there to help me in, in those things. In the actual uh, book of Acts, we, we read that in, in, in chapter 8 that when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. That's very powerful. If you know, if you know anything about the woman at the well that Jesus went to meet, it meant that... Uh, uh, both her and, the, and Jesus in that uh, city uh, had a massive impact because that, that just went from a little village called Sychar out to the whole region of Samaria and they accepted the Lord. So note this, they accepted the Lord. Verse 15, when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm reading that to you to show you that there was a distinct experience so they, they, had, they were believers, 
So they, they already had the, the, the Spirit of God, but the disciples also went to pray for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They'd simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So every born again believer has the Spirit of God, but there is a distinct experience, it would appear, where we can be baptized with Holy Spirit who gives us power. So we receive the Holy Spirit, uh, when, I, when, I, when I become a Christian. But then there's another experience that empowers me to outwork this, this spiritual walk with Jesus. And in fact, such is the power of it that Jesus warned um, his disciples. He said in Acts 1, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He warned them not to leave the city until this this Holy Spirit had come upon them and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. There was power that came upon them. And because some of you weren't here um, last week, I just want to remind us that we're not talking about something. We're not talking about an it. We're not talking just about an influence. We are talking about someone Someone is the Holy Spirit. The, 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 the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, is a person. So when we, when, we talk about, when we talk about Him, we are talking about a person who, who, through His Spirit, enables us to outwork the life that Jesus speaks about. Are you with me? So when we talk about being a follower of Jesus, we're not just talking about going to church and trying to be a good person. We are talking about God's Spirit who enables us to live life powerfully, who enables us actually to, to, whether it's maths or with any other problem or with any other situation, He will give us wisdom beyond our own natural wisdom. He empowers us. He gives us gifts. I think this is incredible. It means that in my ordinary, everyday life, whether, whether... I am, whether I am uh, uh, working in, in what we might term a secular job or, or uh, in, in any, any, any sphere of society, whether, whether, I'm, whether I'm a mother, whether I'm a father, whether I'm a son or a daughter, God will give me wisdom. God will give me insight. That is available. That is available. I, I do love the fact, you know, that, that even in Lydia's testimony, you know... Something didn't happen straight away. We all get caught up in the excitement, rightly so, in what happened. But something didn't happen straight straight away. It took a little bit of time. And I think that some of us, we got so used to things being instant. We got so, we got so used to things being um, but, you know, quick that, that uh, you know, if it doesn't happen quickly, it's not God. No, some things take a little bit of time. You know, we, we, might, we might be able to send a message the other side of the world in an instant. You know, I'm old enough to remember when fax machines first came out. I literally stood, I, I, does anyone know? I, I, I actually don't. There are some people maybe in the room who don't know what a fax machine is. 
Let me tell you, a fax machine is, you, you, it was a phone and you could put your piece of paper in here. And I remember literally um, stood in front of a fax machine when I was using it for the first time. And it's a, it, it worked a bit like a photocopier, I suppose. The, 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 the paper went in your side and, it was, and then it was being printed out somewhere else in the world. And I remember stood there thinking... This is amazing. Isn't God amazing? Look at, wow, to think that this, this is now leaving here and it's coming out. We, like, it was, like, I was gassed. It was, like, amazing. But, like, no one would say thank you for a fax machine now. Um, but it was pretty amazing, pretty amazing at the time. And I've got so caught up in the fax machine, I can't even remember why I was telling you. Some things take a little time. Thank you, Lawrence. Do you want to come up here? And <laughs> that's it. You help, you help me out and then you get parred. That is, it's like, there's no, there's no win here. So, um, when, when we receive the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us some things that, that, we, can, that we can expect. Because it would seem... That when they received the Holy Spirit, they spoke in other tongues. What does, that, what does that actually mean? Well, it means that the Spirit of God, who is the author of all language, he's the author of all language, gave them a heavenly language. In, uh, when, we, when we read that, that first scripture there, it was true that some people recognized recognized their language, but that didn't mean that the people who were speaking it understood what they were saying. Do you understand? So they were, God gave them, God gave them a, a language that was understood by those around them as they were praising God, but it, it wasn't always that way. You know, God, God can actually do whatever he wants to do. We need to understand the Holy Spirit uh, gives us a language that language isn't just about gobbledygook. The Bible talks about that, that when, when I use that language, I edify myself spiritually. I build myself up. There is, there is uh, something that happens within me, in my spirit, when I, when I, use, when I use that language. Um, I would say that probably too often down the years... Um, Pentecostals have made that the thing. Yet there's actually a lot more. There's a lot more to being filled with the Spirit than that. It's part of it. It's not it. You understand? So I'll come back to that in a moment. But, but the, 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 the meaning of it is that it's, it's a, a private language between me and God. It's a prayer language. If I could put it like this, it's a pure language prayer language in other words how many of us know that sometimes we we can be praying to God and asking him to do things but we're trying to influence the prayer we're trying to influence things you know we we we, we pray our prayers and it passes through a filter of our desire Lord I'd love you to do this because I would love this to be the outcome are you with me how many of us know that when I are praying for that outcome, my desire for the, the, the outcome might not be the right one. I might have got it wrong. It might be what I want, but it might not be the best outcome. 
When I use the language of the spirit, it's pure. I can't influence it because my mind can't understand exactly what I'm saying, but I've got to direct my spirit. My spirit is speaking to God. Now, every now and again, the spirit, God will give us an understanding of what it is that we're saying, but it's not every time I will use a language, a pure prayer language that will, that will uh, enable us to pray very powerfully um, to God. But it wasn't the only thing that happened. They actually uh, became more bold. Um, and, and this is as powerful as, as the language they were given. I want us to just, uh, if we can, remember right at the beginning, it says there in Acts 2 verse 1, that when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Why were they all together in one place? Because they were afraid. They were afraid. They, they were locked inside because uh, Jesus had gone and, uh, you know, in, in so many ways, all hell had broken out. And now in fear and trepidation, they were hidden away. But when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they couldn't help but spill out into the streets. They had fearfully been hiding, but now... Boldly, they began to talk about Jesus. Suddenly, they felt free to share what it was that Jesus had done for them. So if we just look at Peter for a moment, Peter, some of us might remember, just a little while before, had even denied knowing Jesus. He was so embarrassed about his association with Jesus, he denied that he even knew Jesus. Um, But then we we read about him in in a little bit further on in in verse 41 of Acts 2. Because he he preached, and and you can go and and read that there in Acts 2. He preaches a phenomenal message under the influence of the Holy Spirit, this fisherman, this fisherman, this uneducated fisherman was given the ability to link Jesus throughout the Old Testament and, 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 bring, uh, and bring a message that saw, um, uh, it says there in verse 41, that those who believe what Peter has said were baptized and added to the church that day was about 3,000 in all. That's, that was a gospel message. That was a gospel message. So we've got someone who was locked in a room who had just not long ago been denying they ever knew Jesus. Now, boldly, they're preaching about Jesus. And it is an incredibly influential message that saw 3,000 come into the kingdom. That's great. Not only Peter, the Bible says they all became witnesses. They all found an ability to share the good news about Jesus. And obviously, they also saw the supernatural operate through them. So I want to say say to us that I I 100% believe that God gives us the language 
of the Spirit when we are baptized in the Spirit. But there's no, there's no cookie-cutter way of saying how God will work in someone's life. I can tell you, I received the Holy Spirit before I was baptized. So out of sync with what, with what the Bible might say, they were baptized in water and then baptized with the Spirit. I was baptized in the Spirit before I was baptized in water. And, and I began, and, and actually I believe that uh, I actually was prayed for um, a little while uh, after that. And I began to use the language of the Spirit, but I actually believe I'd been filled with the Spirit before. I don't know whether that makes sense. I actually began to speak in tongues, if you like, the second time. But I, when I look back, I realize that in a service, without anyone touching me, without anyone laying hands on me, during a worship, during a worship song, the Spirit of God had filled me. And, and, uh, and I, hadn't, I didn't know what it was. But then later on, later on I realized, and I began to use the language of the Spirit. So... We're going to pray in a little while that, that anyone who, is, who knows and loves Jesus, because we're going to believe that you're going to be filled with the Spirit of God. Let me say this, though. Too many times over the years, I think as Pentecostals, again, we've understood the infilling of the Spirit to be a one-off event. Uh, you know, um, people would have described themselves as, you know, I am born again and Spirit-filled. Like, well, that's done then. Tick. Right. And, and actually, uh, it's, it's an incorrect understanding of what, how I should be walking with Jesus. Because it shouldn't just be that I was filled. It should be that I am being filled. Yeah. In fact, in Ephesians 5, verse 18, it says this, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Let me just pause here. I think that's an interesting thing. I think God wants us to understand something here. That being filled with the Spirit is better than wine. It's actually better than wine. Now, because we've got all kinds of people in the room with all kinds of understandings, the Bible doesn't teach that we shouldn't drink alcohol. What the Bible is very clear about is that we should never be drunk. If your conscience does not allow you to drink alcohol, we support you 100%. And, and that is your freedom of choice. Um, and those who feel free to ha- take a, a drink, but according to the Bible, we should not get drunk, then you are free also to do so. And then... We're also free not to judge each other in our choices. Because not one group is better than the other. We honor one another's choices. Are you with me? That's just, I'm just throwing that in for free. Nothing to do with what I'm saying. But but I am saying that being filled with the Spirit is better than wine. Because wine, it says, might lead to regret. It might lead to regret. Interesting, I think, that... That uh, when they were first filled with, filled with the Spirit, people did think they were actually drunk. Wow. 
And then Peter was saying, what are you saying? It's only nine o'clock in the morning. We wouldn't be drunk at nine o'clock in the morning, which I do find funny. Um, but that, that phrase, be, be filled with the Spirit there in Ephesians 5, actually means, it doesn't mean it's not a once-off. It's not a once-off event. It's be being filled. It's the, the, that word of, of, of be filled is about continuous replenishment and ongoing and, and repeated filling. And ongoing and repeated filling. So God wants us, God wants us to experience the filling of the Spirit, the infilling of the Spirit on a regular basis. It's go, basically saying, be filled and go on being filled. So that we should expect to be filled every day. So in a moment, I'm going to pray for everybody. We're going to pray for everybody in the room who knows uh, uh, that they have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you have, you are a candidate to receive the Holy Spirit. If you have never received him before, you can believe that God is going to fill you. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. If you have received him before, you're not sitting down, oh, this bit, this bit doesn't count for me because I was filled. No, you misunderstand. We need to keep being filled with the Spirit of God. Now, let me just bring a little bit of pastoral insight to this moment. I want us to understand some things because there's a lot of understanding about this. Um, the Holy Spirit came into an atmosphere, actually not of, not of faith, but of fear. I think, that, I think that's helpful because they weren't in the positive, they were in the negative. They were hiding in fear. And I think, that, I think that's great because it means that wherever you are, you can receive the Spirit of God. Because you don't have to work yourself up into a place of faith. Here they were, hiding away in fear into that environment. The Spirit of God came upon them and they were filled with a holy boldness. The Holy Spirit fell on people who loved Jesus but were not perfect people. People like Peter, just a very short while ago, had been messing up in a big, big style, as indeed did everybody else. Unfortunately, Peter gets highlighted in this, but everyone else denied Jesus as well. So, in order to receive the Spirit of God, I do not have to be perfect. Thank God. Because I don't know about you, but I would never be filled. Because I ain't perfect. I need Jesus. Is there anyone else who needs Jesus? Praise the Lord, I'm not my own. In order, to, in order to receive the Spirit of God, first of all, I need to have given my life to Jesus. First thing. If you've never before received the Spirit of God, if you're in here, I want to I wanna, I wanna say, I think, <laughs> I hope it's understood. If you are yet to receive the Spirit of God, that doesn't make you a second class Christian. I think that's important to understand. We're all first class Christians if we've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But 
We need to understand some things about the experience. Let me tell you something. When I began to speak in tongues, I felt absolutely nothing. No goosebumps, no shivers down my spine. I was, I, it was just, I began, I just began to speak by faith. Will I, will I feel out of control? No. The Spirit of God never causes us to feel out of control. He will always give us a sense of choice. We have a devil who will cause us to do things out of control. But God doesn't do things, causes us to be out of control. Will God move my mouth like I'm a ventriloquist dummy? No, He won't. He has given you muscles and a jaw and an ability to move your own mouth but he will give you the language to speak out of it. What do I have to do? I just have to receive. I just have to receive by faith what is being given. Okay, I hear that, Malcolm, but what if I don't feel anything? Does that mean that nothing is going on? No, it doesn't mean that. If you don't feel anything... You're looking in the wrong place. You're relying on your intellect and on your feelings to discern a spiritual experience. This is not about feeling. It's not about looking around you and say, well, firstly, you, you shouldn't be doing that because this is about you and, and God. But looking, oh, well, that, that, this, what's happening there isn't happening to me. Well, that's because that's their experience. God deals with us as individuals. If I feel nothing and or nothing happens, does that mean that God is upset with me or I'm not good enough? doesn't mean any of those things. It doesn't mean that. It's not an opportunity for you to feel bad about you. What you should do is keep praying and keep being expectant. I remember, I love it, what Lydia said. First couple of days, didn't really feel that anything went on. And then God in the third day broke in. Now I believe that 100% today some people are going to get touched by the Lord. But you need to understand there's not one of us in here who knows and loves Jesus that God is going to overlook. But we just have to stay prayerful and expectant. And we'll let God do something amongst us. So if you've never received the Holy Spirit... Or you've received him many times. This moment is for you. We're going to pray and we're going to believe that the Holy Spirit is going to come and fill you right now. And that you're going to find yourself impacted by his Spirit. He will do what he wants to do. But I'm going to invite you to stand with me. We've got a great and awesome God who right now has a moment tailored specifically for you. He knows exactly what you need right now. One spirit will operate in hundreds of different ways in this moment. Touching you, impacting you, helping you, giving you insight, doing what only he he can do. This is not a moment to be fearful. It's not a moment to be fretful. 
is a moment to be open and just say, Lord, maybe, maybe you've never even been in an environment like this before. You've never had this experience before. <laughs> just, I'm not asking you to trust me. I'm asking you to trust God. Just say, God, you can, you can say this quietly to yourself right now. God, have your way right now in my heart, in my life. I need you. I need you. I need you. In just a moment, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come, to come upon us. He's already here, actually. He's already here. He's already in the room. He's already in the room. He's already at work. If as I pray, you feel, you feel the urge to begin to speak in a language you've never learned, don't resist it. Don't resist it. Don't let your intellect get in the way of what God is trying to do. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Come fill us, Lord. Come fill us. Come fill us, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Just receive right now. Receive. 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 Receive the Holy Spirit of God. The Spirit comes in and fear leaves. Hope comes in. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.